Welcome to the Growing in Christ podcast, where we are rooted in living water and growing closer to our purpose in Christ. I am your host, Shador Foy. Now let's get growing. Today, we are on day four of the new year. So I'm going to dive in to chapter four. And as always, grab your Bible and some paper and pencils or pens to take some notes. So we're going to be starting with verse 1, which says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. So right here, when I hear the word attention, and it, when it says, and give attention to no understanding, I think of be attentive or be watchful or be an expectation. So hearing a father's instruction, first you are to hear a father's instruction and then you are to be in expectation to no understanding. So after you hear your father's instruction, after you hear a proverb, after you hear an instruction of anyone and a saying of wisdom, you are to be in expectation of knowing understanding so have you ever been in a situation where you had a conversation with somebody and maybe it was you or it might have been the other person that it felt like every time they would say something the other person would be totally against it like it's like they just plotted to be against whatever you said no matter what you said they were just destined to be against it but in this first verse of chapter four it's saying to give attention to no understanding. So be an expectation to understand. Be an expectation to listen to somebody's instruction and understand it. And now we'll go to verses 2 through 6, which says, For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. Verse 3, When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother. Verse 4, He also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live. Verse five, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Verse six, do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Verse seven, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. So I went a little ahead of myself going down to verse 7. But I really like verse 6 when it's talking about do not forsake her. She will preserve you, love her, and she will keep you. So last time we learned what that word forsake kind of means and don't abandon her. Like don't abandon wisdom. Don't just say, oh, I don't need it or oh, That's not for me anymore, but really cling to it and it will preserve you. And if you love it, she will keep you. You know, she will, if you love wisdom, it will always keep you. And now going down to verse 7, where it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So I like how it says, get wisdom, and then in all you're getting, get understanding. So last time we learned 
that wisdom is being able to apply good judgment and understanding is being able to have good judgment. So in all of your applying, get understanding. Meaning, don't just do something because you're supposed to do it, but truly understand why. You know, don't just follow the commands of God because that's what you're supposed to do as far as like going to church or giving tithes. Don't just do those things because that's what the Christian faith believes and that's just what you're supposed to do. But truly understand, okay, we go to church because we need something flowing into us and we also need to flow out. And that is why we give tithes. We give tithes because it is not just us giving money and releasing money, but it's also us releasing our faith in God. So really, truly understanding why you apply. And that's why I really like that verse. And then going down to verse eight says, exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. And I really like this verse too, because it's talking about truly exalting wisdom. And that doesn't mean like being boastful, like, look at me, I'm a wise person, but just exalting knowledge and exalting wisdom and being in awe of it. And in your exalting of wisdom, it will also promote you. Um, Kind of like that verse, if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. It's like humbling yourself to wisdom, saying, oh my gosh, wisdom is this. Humbling yourself to somebody's instructions and that will promote you. So now we'll go to verse 9, which says, She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Verse 10, Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Verse 11, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. Verse 12, when you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Verse 13, take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. So, I also like verse 13, where it just really tells us to take hold of instruction, to not let go of it, and also to not take instruction for granted. I mean, so many times I feel that people, including myself, take instruction for granted. But like we learned the last time, whoever the Lord correcteth, he loves. And that's the same, that should be the same for all the other people correcting us in our lives. They correct us because they love us. Because they wouldn't be the best parent that they could be or the best teacher that they could be or youth leader that they could be if they didn't correct us or give us instruction or train up a child in the way that he should go if they didn't do those things they wouldn't be the best of teachers parents or youth leaders not saying that they wouldn't be them at all because we're not the givers of their titles but they wouldn't be the best that they could be so really take hold to it really cherish it cherish the fact that you have 
parents that instruct you or youth leaders that instruct you, that you have instruction at all, even the Bible that God gives us, cherish those instructions. Because sometimes we get so caught up with grumbling or complaining about the instructions that we have versus really cherishing those things because those things are life to us. We Some people, if they didn't have the instructions that they had, they wouldn't be alive today or they wouldn't be the person's that they are today so we should really be thankful for the instruction that we have in our lives so now i'm gonna go to verse 14 through 17 and this is kind of talking about the path of the wicked so verse 14 do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil verse 15 avoid it do not travel on it Turn away from it and pass on. So I'm going to stop at verse 15 where it says, avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. So Solomon is saying, don't even walk on it. Because, you know, sometimes how people say, oh, I had to go this way to get here. Or you've heard people say well, this has made me the person that I am today or different things like that. Yes, it does help us sometimes when we get through our struggles, but that doesn't mean that we necessarily need to have our struggles. We should at all costs avoid it. If you know that there is underage drinking at a party and even though you like to party and you tell yourself, Oh, I won't do that. Oh, I won't do this. Oh, I won't party with them or I won't sit next to them. Just completely avoid it, you know? Or if you know that somebody has tendencies to do this, yet they want to hang out with you and it's like, oh, well, I can get around it. Because, you know, sometimes we think that we have strong will and we think that, oh, we won't get pressured into this. But our just saying yes to going to a party, saying yes to hanging out with the wrong crowd is already an invitation for temptation. Like I said, um, God's prayer tells us, Lord, lead me not into temptation. But, you know, if you're leading yourself into temptation and God's trying to lead you the other way, but you're steadily going towards temptation, you know, it's not going to help. So you should avoid it. And do not even travel on it. And just full on turn away from it and pass on. Just when somebody who's bad for you just invites you or want to talk to you. It's like, no thanks. I'm okay. You know? And then on verse 16, it says, For they do not sleep unless they have done evil. And their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. Verse 17, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Verse 16, as I was reading it before when I was prepping, I thought that was really almost in a way sad. It almost made me have empathy. Like, could you imagine not being able to go to sleep unless you make somebody fall? Like, unless you lead somebody down a wrong path unless you seduce somebody to going down the wrong path or invite somebody to going down the wrong path you can't sleep you know unless you do evil you can't sleep like you have to do evil for you to get sleep like 
that is that is pretty sad to me and I'm not saying sad in like a mean way but I'm saying like that is upsetting for me to hear I'm I'm sure they might delight it delight in it but that's just doesn't sound like any life to live and now verses 18 through 19 kind of talk it talks about the path of the just verse 18 says but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day and verse 19 says the way of the wicked is like darkness they do not know what makes them stumble so on verse 18 when it talks about um the path of the just is like a shining sun that shines ever brighter into the perfect day. I kind of think about just getting closer to God. And that's why the path of the just just gets brighter and brighter and brighter. It's like getting closer to the sun. And that's what, you know, growing in Christ is, is just getting closer to God. And the higher you go up, the more closer you get to God. And God is so bright and beautiful so the more closer and brighter it gets and then on verse 19 when it says the way of the wicked is like darkness they do not know what makes them stumble I believe that verse is saying because the wicked and the foolish they lack wisdom on purpose but when you're not actually searching for what makes you stumble it's kind of hard and when you're doing so much wickedness it's kind of hard to narrow them down to what truly is getting you when you have so much going on and they don't have that wisdom to understand okay this is what's tripping me up or they don't have that understanding that good judgment to really say okay this is where I fall this is where I fail because they're they don't care they're just okay with how they're living and they don't care what really trips them up And then now we're going to read verse 20 through 22, which says, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. 21, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. I liked verse 21 where it says, do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart because Keeping something, when I think about keeping something in the midst of your heart, that means in the middle, in the center, like the the control center, you know, in the middle of it. And everything else revolves around it. So if you keep wisdom in the middle of your heart, everything else in your heart will revolve around wisdom. And that way you won't have bad stuff all in your heart and wickedness in your heart if wisdom is in the midst of it. Um, Now we'll go down to verse 23. It says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So I always really like this verse. And I feel like this verse, when I'm reading it, I kind of think of the story with Samson and Delilah when Delilah kept on asking him, where does his strength lie? Where does his strength lie? And he told her different things, but he basically lied to her. And she would just cry and be like, you must hate me. You don't love me because you won't tell me. And when he finally told her, 
he told her that and everything that was in his heart. And he told her that his strength was in his hair. And she cut off his hair and she ended up giving him to the law. And they ended up gouging out his eyes and different things. And that's how it is today. Though it's not as deep as Samson and Delilah that's how people will do today. And this is the same for boys and girls in any relationship. Sometimes it can even be friendships. And they might not beg you, where does your strength lie? But they may ask you like a whole bunch of questions about different things. And then you end up telling them the things in your heart. And then they try and destroy you because they know those things now. And not to say to have trust issues and don't trust everybody, but you have to know the difference between having trust issues and trust wisdom. It's, he tells us to keep our hearts with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. A friendship shouldn't be about pouring your heart out to your friend. Though it seems like a great sense of friendship, that's not what it should be about. Because if I'm, if our friendship is based on me hearing the issues of your heart, that half of them I can't do nothing about, that seems like a pity party. You know, if we're just sharing what, what makes us mad or what makes us sad, that's a pity party. But a friend is supposed to be one that you can share your good times with, that you can invest in each other. It's about investing in each other and you shouldn't even have to ask what's wrong with your friend if you see something wrong with them you pray for them and if you ask them what it is make sure that you have that mindset that you can fix it or you can give them advice if they tell you something you should pray with them or give them a scripture or give them some encouragement but if you know that you have no intentions of doing that you shouldn't even ask. You know, if you have no intentions of lifting them up or encouraging them in a good way, you shouldn't ask because the po- the moment they tell you and then they might tell you, well, I'm having boy trouble. And then you're like, oh my gosh, me too. And this is what's wrong. And that's what's wrong. And that's what's wrong. It's just a whole pity party. And not saying that you shouldn't share things with the people that you love, but the people that you love isn't supposed to carry your burdens. That's what God's for. God says, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. It's not for people to carry our burdens because there's not much that they can do about them, especially when they're not concerning them. So we should really flow out the issues of our heart upon the Lord and not upon our friends or our boyfriends, or our girlfriends, or even our families, but families, and friends, and boyfriends, and girlfriends, or just everybody else are to enjoy. They're not to cast our burdens upon, and I feel that our youth struggles with that, of just casting our burdens upon the people, and that's not what love is. Love isn't constantly spilling out yourself to somebody in the sense of just taking all your feelings and putting it on them to carry because they have to carry their own burdens as well. And it's not a good idea to do a burden swap with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your friends or your family. But that could be the moment that you share your faith with another person that you say, well, you know, 
I can't do nothing about you feeling upset because of this, but God can. I can't do anything about this, but God can. I can't do nothing about this, but I know a scripture that will encourage you, but we can pray to the Lord and pray that he changes this situation, you know, so just some food for thought. And on verse 24, it says, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. So for those who don't know, deceitful means misleading. So he's telling us not to be misleading. (coughs) Sorry. He's telling us to not have a misleading mouth, to not say one thing and then say another, whether it be to another person or whether it be in another moment. Just don't be deceitful. And then in verse 25, it says, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. (coughs) Sorry. So I feel like this is another thing that we struggle with as far as youth and as far as people in our generation today is just looking at the present versus truly looking ahead. Because when you look ahead, that's where your hope is. And we live off of faith. We live off of having a vision. We live off of having hope. That's how we live. That's how we survive. So if you're constantly looking at what is, sometimes what is can be depressing, but you have to look at what can be or what are you going to strive towards. So you have to look ahead versus just at, you know, it's just different things, whether it be weight problems. You can't be like, well, I weigh this much and I look like this. You have to be like, okay, but today I'm going to do five push-ups. Tomorrow I'm going to do sprints. Um, Thursday, I'm going to do some pull-ups. You know, like you have to look ahead. We live off of having a vision. We live off of looking ahead because that's that's how we truly have faith in God is by looking straight ahead, not looking at, but looking straight ahead and having faith and hope, you know. And on verse 26, it says, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. So to me, this verse means to really think about what you're doing and how you're doing it. Like even with understanding and wisdom, think about, yes, I have understanding, but am I applying it? Am I going from understanding to wisdom? So you have to ponder the path of your feet and make sure that you're always on the right track and let all your ways be established and make sure that you're an established person, that you're not a wavering person, that you're not a misleading person, a deceitful person. And then on verse 27, it says, do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil, which is kind of self-explanatory. So that was the last verse of chapter four. And I hope that you all enjoy this podcast and I hope that you got a lot from it and that you just take in all these podcasts and take in 
excuse me, all the stuff that we've been learning about so far in Proverbs. And really, I challenge you all and even myself to start applying these things daily. Like that is how you get from understanding to wisdom is to have good judgment is understanding, but to apply good judgment is where you really tap into wisdom. The growing does not stop here. You can find the Growing in Christ blog on our website that can be found in our bio. Not only does the Growing in Christ website house our blog, it also shows you where you can find us on our social media. Always remember Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. For through this verse, we know that if we keep on trusting in God, simultaneously, we'll keep on growing in God.